This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. For many people, college is a special type of escape. It marks the first chance to leave home and live among peers. A time of simultaneous independence and irresponsibility. But not everyone immediately jumps at this opportunity for debauchery. In this week's story, Kanisha Foster shares her internal struggle between expectation and desire as she debates whether or not to have her first alcoholic drink. Recorded live at Flower Firm in Chicago in November 2019, Second Story is proud to present First Time. So, are you gonna have a drink tonight? Luke asks. I can hear his feet unstick from the pub floor. He's young. We both are. 19. He's charming in a used car salesman kind of way. There's too much gel in his hair. It sticks up like a greasy porcupine. I want to push it down, but I don't. Touching is not really my thing. (laughs) It's Friday. I know because he's wearing his all-white suit. He likes the way it glows in the black light on the dance floor. It is day 74 of this question. Are you gonna have a drink tonight? It's weird the way he invests in me. It might seem like he's trying to take me home, but he's not. He is my sister's best friend, and she told him to take very good care of me. So he's trying to get me drunk. If I say yes, this will be my first drink ever. It's the turn of the century, and I am 4,000 miles from home. The National Theater is playing the top plays of the past 100 years. I go see Look Back in Anger by myself. The Playbill Playbill says it's about a guy, guy's boiling resentment for not being able to find himself in his own generation. After Luke makes me meet him at the Bullen Bush, his favorite pub, I drink a cherry Coke. I mean, like, why wouldn't you? Are are you afraid you'll, like, um, lose control? Oh, at 19, I love to be in control. I mean, I can't even believe I wandered so far away from home in the first place. I am right in that slice of time when you start to realize you might not be who everyone has always said that you are. Do you remember that moment? Yes, maybe, maybe that narrative that everybody else created for you belongs to someone else entirely. My narrative is that I am a good kid shockingly good. I mean, did anyone here, did anyone's families have dinner together every night? Let me see. And yes? Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, Did anybody's parents have like a nine to five and then they would come home and gather? Anybody? Okay. Cool. Cool. A little less common nowadays, but was at one point in time. Okay. Curfews? Who had curfews? Who had rules? Okay. Who had like reward systems with little stars where your parents would be like, great job. You're amazing. Okay, great, great, great. So I'm guessing that anybody that said yes to those questions, you probably went to keggers a lot in high school and you played beer pong, right? Anybody? Yes? Yes, yes, right, right, because no one in their right mind could survive all of that goodness. 
But my parents, my parents robbed banks. And they disappeared with strangers a lot, I swear it's true. And my sister and I toddled around temporary apartments with empty cupboards and nothing but each other. And they left us in crack houses and they left us in McDonald's bathrooms while they scored whatever they wanted to score that week. And as crazy as they were, they were also free. I mean, rooms erupted around them. I never met a person who didn't love being around them. And I just, I just couldn't peel away the idea of freedom from the idea of all the ways that they hurt us. And so I wrapped myself in flannel shirts buttoned all the way up and men's boots rooted to the ground and I made rules for myself. Those rules were, number one, fuck drinking. <laughs> number two, fuck getting high. Number three, fuck the back of that police car that my parents were always ending up in because I didn't want any part of it. I was going to be good if it killed me. Luke leans in. This isn't the States. I've got you. It's just like one drink. Fast forward to the dance floor. I have had what I believe is three rum and cokes. And I have had them all in a pint glass and they are all three parts rum and one part coke. My hips are leading and I have figured out that whatever direction that I move them in, this group of dudes in the corner, they will follow. <laughs> so they track it like a pack of meerkats with their hind legs tracking a mongoose. I go left, they go left. I go right, they go right, it's hilarious. <laughs> Until one of them, he looks right at me, right in the eyes, and he doesn't look away. He's tall, and he's my age, and he's wearing this dark blue suit, the kind that you wear to a funeral. He looks like he wants to come over to me to say something. God, he is so tall. I took off some layers while I was dancing, and my tank top is tight around my chest, and I can see it pulling in and out as I breathe heavy. Oh gosh, is that my heartbeat? I can feel that heat that I never let myself feel right down the middle of me. And I cannot believe I have not looked away yet. He smiles. <laughs> he starts to walk over to me when, let's go watch the sunrise. It's Luke, right between me and the cute pallbearer boy. What? I shout to Luke over Daft Punks around the world, the sunrise, let's go watch the sunrise. I can still see the tall boy behind him looking at me. <laughs> and I want that boy. Like I want him so much that I grab Luke's hand and I run away. And as we tumble into the streets, I yell, the sunrise, yes, let's go watch the sunrise. And we walk for miles into the dark until we see this huge iron gate. And I am thinking about the boy and the darkness and this deep curiosity of feeling drunk for the first time. 
It's kind of tingly, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm walking sideways, and nothing is as aligned as I like it to be, and is this it? Is this the thing that I have been so afraid of? This isn't so bad. Luke takes a running start, and he leaps onto the metal gate framed by brick walls that run all the way into the night. He is so tiny up there. <laughs> Damn, it's locked. He leaps to the ground. I slouch down on a near bench. Luke slides in next to me, and he puts his head on my shoulder. I don't get stiff or pull away. I let myself be close to him, but I don't cuddle back. I mean, I'm not sure that I... I know how to. Even though I don't know where we are, I'm disappointed that the door is locked and I can't open it. From the darkness is a tiny British man and he rides a squeaky bicycle. It's locked, I shout, getting a playful nudge from Luke. He teases about how loud Americans are. And then the tiny Brit pulls out a set of keys and he unlocks the gate. Before I can think, Luke has his arm around the guy saying, um, uh, so can we go in there? Will you let us in? My friend here, she's from the States, you know, US, and I promised her I'd show her the best sunrise England's got. He shines a crooked smile. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The tiny man grumbles. But if the police catch you, I didn't let you in. Yeah. Yeah, all right. No problem. Now Luke drags me in by my wrist before I can change my mind. Acres of land tumble in front of us into the darkness. To discover that kind of space in a city as pressed together as London, it's magical. Every sound we make runs away into the open air and I, I can breathe. I squeeze Luke's arm with excitement and I tell him, this is my first real adventure. <laughs> From behind us, the tiny Brit zooms by on his bike and he shouts, don't get shot. I grab under Luke, um, what does he mean? What, 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 does it, what does he mean, don't get shot? Oh, oh, didn't I tell you? This is the queen's land, yeah? She keeps all her game here. When the royal family gets hungry, clip, clip, fresh meat for dinner. Uh, I'm sorry. The queen? Like, like the queen? I ask, noticing that the gate is very locked and the tiny Brit has altogether disappeared. We just broke onto royal property the first night I ever had a drink. This is very against the law. Luke, are we going to get shot? No, 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 no. I have this chum, right? I grew up with, right? His dad is a ranger here, and he told me they never do any shooting past 2 a.m. It's, uh, it's 3.42. We're totally safe. No worries. He drops his head, and he points his, shooty, his, his pointy eyebrows towards me. You're not losing it, are you? can't be, keep being the kid who is afraid of everything. No, <laughs> that sounds good. I'm ready, let's go. <laughs> 
miles in by a fallen tree, he quizzes me. So do you like have ankles? Because if you do, I've never seen them. And do you have pneumonia? Is that why you're all the way buttoned up all the way, all the time? And what exactly are you afraid of? And I want to tell him everything. But I don't have the words then to say that it's hard to get your footing when the people who made you will hurt you as quick as they love you. Luke flicks me. That bloke, Chris, stares at you. No, he doesn't. He does. You noticed. I did. <laughs> and? And it doesn't mean anything. Ask him out. I don't tell him that if somebody wants me, they're going to have to come and get me. They're going to have to mean it because I know how easy it is for people to leave you behind. Instead, I say, I mean, I never, no, I never asked anyone out before. What? Never. I mean, like I've dated, but I never like make the first move. Like, I don't know how to do that. You keep saying that. I don't know how to talk to boys. I mean, are you bored yet? I know I am. <laughs> you know what? I am bored. I am so bored. I think my head is going to explode from monotony. I want to jump up on that fallen tree and I want to shout out into the endless air. I am bored. This is bullshit. I'm ready. I'm going to take a goddamn chance for once in my life. And just as I stand up to do it, a shot rings into the air. The sky fills with birds running from bullets. The gunfire is constant. It's coming from the two dirty brown hummers that are driving right towards us. The sun rises across our bodies, pressed into the grass, trying to disappear. Luke's white suit, yeah, it glows like a lighthouse on the shore. And I am shaking. I'm freezing. And the dew is wet and the air is cold. And the hunters ride straight towards us and hang out of their windows with guns cocked on their shoulders. Their bullets are faster than they are and I roll over to Luke, and he's gone. I thought it was the end, my end, and I thought I deserved it because maybe goodness was a cage, but I believe that freedom was a punishable offense, a selfish act, a deliberate choice to hurt a little girl who needed you. And I divided the world into good, and evil, and I laid all nuance down because I thought that that was the only way that I was gonna survive. In the wee hours of the morning, I hobble into Luke's bed. He lives with his mom and she's already downstairs making breakfast. And I have these two swollen ankles from scaling down the 20 foot gate to escape. I thought I could jump down. I was absolutely wrong about that. Luke climbs into his mattress on the floor and he reaches his arm out to me. I crawl in next to him and I, I wrap my arms around him. The big spoon and the porcupine. And I fall asleep feeling safe and thrilled all at the same time. And the next night, I meet the pallbearer boy on the dance floor and I make the first move. At sunrise, just as our clothes come off, 
a priest drives up to us and says, good morning, young people. And I begin the journey of how much trouble I can really get into. This story was produced by Ali Drum, curated by Amanda Delheimer, directed by Lexi Saunders, with music and sound design by DJ Dapper and Jeff Schaller. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is supported by the MacArthur Fund for Art and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation, Skadden, Arps, Late Meeker, and Floam, the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, CoBank, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.